And welcome to the VSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy podcast, Thursday, the 29th of July. Um, well, that's when you're listening to it anyway. I'll t- let you into a little secret, anyone who's listening. Phil and I are actually in Plymouth today. We're seeing some uh, interesting tech companies being spun out of Plymouth University, which we think may be ready to IPO. Uh, so actually, we recorded this yesterday. Um, so if we've missed anything first thing this morning, that's our excuse. Um, but uh, we also can talk about some of the things we know are going to happen tomorrow anyway, because we won't release this until Thursday. I say we're in Plymouth, aren't we, Phil? We are. Well, we're not, but we are. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get going. Now I've completely confused everybody. And I thought we would start with some US results, actually, today, which have really caught my attention. And the first one I thought we ought to talk about, because it really drives a lot of the transitional energy revolution, was Tesla figures, which were just incredible, weren't they? They they were yes quite quite astonishing when you um, yeah when you compare this uh, this automotive company with the ones that have been around to for decades yeah I mean look the other thing is not only were they I mean they're very good it's now making profits you see Teslas around all over the shop but the other thing that I think it's worth mentioning is and actually this was in the, the Sunday Times but I, I've been talking to somebody who I was playing golf with the other day down here in Cornwall who's just bought a Tesla. And what he did was, this is what the Sunday Times wrote up about, was he bought it through his company. And so you can claim all the tax back as a company car. Well, if you're a high-rate taxpayer, that's half your money back straight away. But then, of course, you avoid the congestion charge in London. Uh, You're paying less fuel uh, because it's cheaper with electricity. You're not having to pay the same car tax. Insurance goes down. Service charge goes down. And as he pointed out to me, he said, actually, basically, after three years, you get the car for free. Now, economics tends to drive all changes. If you can basically go and have your car for free, you're going to go and get an electric one, aren't you? You are. And, um, and history shows, particularly with cars and, and, and company cars, it's, it's, you know, there's, a real, there's a real driver for the market of financial incentives. I mean, I remember when there were increased benefits for two-litre cars and all the major car makers, Spine UK, changed their ranges around to two-litre petrol cars. Those were the days, the company car days. Well, the company car days are coming back. The only problem we're going to have to figure out is clearly, you know, the government is going to lose a huge amount of tax when we all move to EVs. And if they're allow us to run through the company as well, it's going to cost the government a huge amount. And I know people are talking about, you know, perhaps paying per mile, um, which probably is the sensible way to go. But they're going to have to think about something. But that is one of the keys that will drive this revolution, I think. And I think it's interesting that you, know, you can have your electric car for free. Yeah. Um, but there's been other uh, phenomenal results over America, haven't there, Phil? You know, we've seen, uh, I think it was Microsoft and Alphabet and all those sort of, Apple, they've all had phenomenal figures, haven't they? Oh, yeah, quite quite astonishing, of course. And, you know, for investors, a lot of the major funds and global growth funds have, have these companies in the portfolios. I mean, the one I was particularly interested in was Microsoft. Um, you know, we're all, we're all used, tend to be all users of Microsoft products in one way, shape or form. Um, and their shares, I mean, basically their shares have doubled since the March 202 um, you know, COVID bottom, uh, and they're up 30% indeed since the start of this year. And as I say, in in a lot of big portfolios, but they were seeing this is all organic, you know, revenue growth of of 22%, and their EBIT margins. I mean, we go on about this 
um, you know, particularly in terms of valuations of companies, Andrew, look at, you know, looking at the margins, that EBIT margins were 41.4% versus 35, 35.3%. I mean, that's phenomenal uh, profit margins and shows, you know, the value of their IP and the, the demand for the demand for the products. Um, but yeah, across the range, these results were really, really good. Um, the only area of, of weakness they saw, which was kind of understandable, was in, in the Surface product. Uh, that's an advanced tablet product. So the sales were down 20% and Xbox were down 4%. Some of that was because they'd seen such a strong spurt of growth last year as we went into pandemic, people buying these products, um, but also supply chain, uh, some of the supply chain difficulties with components. But on the flip side, their cloud services business um, was going phenomenally well. So, yeah, great set of results. So how how do investors feel over here in the little old UK? Uh, work this one out, how they make money. I mean, obviously, you can go and buy a sort of a, a tech fund that's got exposure to the, Ameri the big American companies that seem to be doing the best at the moment. But, you know, are the... Are the companies here which can run off the back of that? I mean, as you say, cloud services, probably that works for all cloud service companies. You've got people like Red Centric and, and Cloud Coco. Um, what, what are your thoughts there on how people can make money out of the fact that these American giants are, are making so much money? I, primarily, I think, via the cloud services uh, that they're providing. And this is with you know the cloud services providers. But also, we've talked about people like, uh, oh my God! I mean, you got Kanos Computer Center that we spoke about for you know IT services in general, and those companies where we've been reporting trading statements on IT services businesses of of all and a whole been performing really, really well. Um, and so you know th those are some of the, I mean some of the companies we were mentioning in the last podcast. In fact, we mentioned Computer Center then um, as benefiting in the you know in the in the shift and acceleration of of corporate spend um, on IT, so yeah. Well, of course, one also mustn't fall into the trap. You know, you see these fantastic numbers, um, and it's being driven obviously slightly because of the changes of behaviour during the pandemic. You know, if things do then settle down, does it actually slow down? And actually, it's too late to be buying these. You know, is, is tech peaked? I don't. Well, you look at individual companies and the, the ratings that they're on and the forecast, the forecast earnings for those companies. But there were, I was seeing some comment um, on the Microsoft results, and you know, saying that they're outgrowing the overall IT IT market. And so, you know, you're looking within businesses for their own growth elements, as well as riding on a, you know, on a on a tailwind for the sector. Has it peaked? I'm not. I'm not entirely convinced by that. Um, you know, there's a there's a structural shift that's going on here, where there's more and more uh, IT is moving into the cloud. We're using just generally more and more tech. Um, you know, more and more tech businesses are being built and launched every day. And and you know, Microsoft pointed out that it's it's Azure platform, the growth that we're seeing there, and, and Azure is a cloud services platform that allows you to build your own software and to host your own software. And of course, as more tech companies are coming out with new ideas, this sort of thing grows. So no, I, I don't think it's as great. Well, I mean, the other problem with the big ones is, you know, there is talk, isn't there, that, you know, governments need to sort of stop their growth because they're just becoming too big and too controlling. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, that's another interesting thing. I'm not saying that we should, I'm not making a comparison to the way democratic governments in the West 
do things and, and China does, but that's what China's doing. It said, you know, that some of its businesses, it, it's actually halting a bit and saying, hey, you're getting too big. We're not, you can't grow anymore. And obviously, we've seen a fallout with Amer Chinese listed uh, tech companies in America on, on NASDAQ absolutely collapsing, haven't we? Yeah, we have. There's been a lot of recent news on that space. Um, and particularly, you know, Chinese state regulators are getting involved. They're looking at things like anti-competitive behavior, as you point out, um, data protection requirements, you know, focusing strongly on those. And yet, you know, you look in the West, the same way you've got governments now looking at the, as you say, looking at these big, big, big corporations and saying, are they too powerful? Also looking at the way they pay their taxes. Uh, it's very... It's very much in fact, you know, how do you tax? How you do you tax these companies so it's fair? So, you know, globally. It has been done in the past, you know, in the oil sector, you know, that was broken up, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Too powerful. So maybe now it's time to get out of the big tech companies that are performing incredibly well, but it's all in the price. And you recycle your money into the, some of the smaller tech companies that can grow off the back of that sort of activity. Well, therein lies a strategy. Yeah. Well, it's something to think about. We ought to come up with some stock names. But anyway, we probably mulled on that long enough, if you see what I mean. Uh, let, let's move on to something else uh, I saw today, which I wanted to just touch base on. Uh, uh, not today, actually. I, saw, I think I saw it a couple of days ago. Uh, and that was that SSE um, is going to do a joint development, basically, with Siemens Gamesa, with their wind farms uh, up in Ireland and Scotland. Now, I found this rather interesting because, of course, we know that Siemens Gamesa also has a joint development plan with our little favourite, Infinity Energy Systems. And the whole point really about these wind farms that are being built is that actually wind farms are, are probably one of the fastest growth areas out there. They're outgrowing solar now dramatically. But, you know, with a big wind farm, you've got to have some form of energy storage. Otherwise, there's just no point having them. And so I just wonder, I'm throwing it out, I have to be careful, it's a corporate client of ours in Vinity Energy Systems, but maybe SSE should join the dots and do get into bed with Invinity as well. So they've got Invinity, SSE and Siemens Gamesa, they can do the whole damn thing, put it together, there you go, you're laughing. That's, a, well, that's certainly a very interesting idea, Andrew. I've been thinking about well, that anyone one. from SSE listening, come and give me a call and I'll tell you how to make some good money here. Well, maybe they just should. And, did they, you know, and on the back of this, um, there was an FT article this week saying that uh, renewable energy companies are actually pressing UK ministers uh, to raise the amount of clean electricity capacity in the UK. And that, well, that's going to be driven by wind uh, wind production and investment in wind capacity. Um, and they're, they're saying that, you know, this is in relation to the, uh, the government options, Andrew, for uh, they call this contracts for different options, and this is where uh, the government, um, you know, guarantees developers an agreed price for electricity for up to 15 years. And yeah, these bigger companies are saying, like Scottish Power, Vattenfall, Allstead, all saying, well, UK, increase the amount of capacity you've got. Well, I think we all know, Phil, that there's a lot of debate currently about the, you know, the Sizewell nuclear project, you know. Um, I don't think the debate there really is whether China's involved in it at all. I think the debate is, do you actually bother to build it at all? Why not scrap that? Because it takes so long to build anyway. It's so expensive. Scrap that and instead get all these wind farms out with their energy storage. We don't need it. Go renewable. The marginal cost of wind energy is basically zero. I mean, let's have zero cost energy. 
Yeah, and you don't have the uh, massive decommissioning costs that are associated with nuclear as well. Very true. So, anyway, there's there's the idea for SSE. And of course, as, as I've said on this podcast before, I actually think that Shell should go and buy SSE as well. So maybe Shell should just skip SSE and go and buy Invincity. But I have to be careful how I say that because that is a corporate plan of ours. Um, anyway, I'll tell you the other thing, it. it looks so um, hopefully soon uh, US and Canadians will be able to travel to the UK without having to quarantine. Uh, they're going to open up the air corridor. So we'll be able to get Larry and Matt over from the US and Canada uh, to come and do a roadshow and talk to lots of people about what's going on. Because there's a lot going on at Infinity, but the market doesn't really appreciate it, I don't think. And that way, hopefully, we can get the share price going back up because it's slightly annoying me the way it's down when everything is going so well. Um, and of course, the, the old Oxford Super Hub, hopefully, um, come the early autumn, will be um, kicking off uh, with the vanadium batteries there as well, which will be exciting. We'll take some clients down there, I think. Yeah. Now, actually, whilst on, whilst on small, uh, we had a couple of um, results, didn't we, this week, which are sort of relevant to all of this as well. We had Sarah's Power had some very good results, didn't they? Uh, yes, they did, Andrew. Right, they had an update. I'm half to I, I think Sarah's is, is one of the winners in the, well, it is one of the winners in the fuel cell market um, because they've got Wan Chai and, uh, and Bosch behind them. But they're really growing their, their sales and revenue now. Um, so it's it's yeah I'd say it's looking pretty good. Yeah, it's 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 really is starting to accelerate, isn't it? And after you know many talk about patient investment, you know investors have been very very patient, um, and the value is built up in the business, and they're saying you know their order books are uh, are rising as well. So they really are commercialising this. It's gaining momentum. Very interesting. I mean, what's interesting there, of course, is that actually if you look at what they did with these guys, they did joint development programs with them, but the guys also invested into equity. Sadly, with Infinity, sorry to hark back to it, it's just a joint development with Siemens Gamay, so it's not an equity investment, which is what the market would have loved. But actually, the, the real strength is the joint development. It, that's what really gets you to the future. But anyway, I've probably said enough there. Now, another one which I know is, is one of your favourites, um, Ricardo had some figures, didn't they? Uh, they did. They had a, um, it was four-year results. Uh, they were saying... I thought it was really interesting because Ricardo is, uh, I mean, this is you know an engineering business through and through, expert consultants uh, in engineering and helping companies to develop their products. Uh, and they were saying that their, um, so the, the ticker on this is RCDO, the market cap is two, three, eight million, um, but their order intake uh, was over 350 million. So the revenue for the year they reported was 350 million, which was similar to last year. Uh, and profit before tax was in line with market consensus, which is which is good news. Now, just quickly on that that sort of revenue figure, you, you've got to remember this is all about you know companies spending money on on buying in um, expertise and getting you know work done. And during the pandemic, that's been that's been difficult. So I think they've done they've done pretty well there. Uh, they were saying particularly you know automotive. Um, is a is a big area of theirs that they'd seen order in, intake um, was was down on that, so that's not entirely um, surprised. That was twenty percent down on the following year, um, and and you know that that had impacted revenue. But the environmental business uh, and energy had a really really strong year with the revenue increasing by fourteen percent. So it's a nicely kind of you know so, and and water industry revenue was up twelve percent. So nicely kind of hedged hedged business there. So. You know, all in all, given circumstances, uh, that looks quite a decent a decent set of results. Um, it's well capitalised now. They did a placing, they raised 20 
um, 28 million pounds, I think, early in the year, just looking at that. Um, and then that debt has reduced. So, you know, the, the cash flow inflow as well for the year. So, yeah. It's lowly rated, Phil. It hasn't really been performing. Uh, and it's a quality company. It's part of our sort of, it's, it's in that category of our picks and shovels, isn't it? Where, you know, it's an old company, but it's doing a lot of modern stuff. And yet it's not on the high ratings that some of these others are on. Yeah, absolutely spot on. Um, I mean, they're exposed to advances in, in automotive, in EVs, um, you know, in, in energy generation, transitional energy generation. Uh, and you're right, it's, uh, it is. It's well exposed and on a reasonable, yeah, it looks to be on a reasonable rating. Talking of, talking of picks and shovels, by the way, uh, James Cropper had an AGM update, didn't they? And that's another picks and shovels situation. And that, that actually is now starting to perform quite nicely since we've highlighted that one. It's, it's uh, up from about £11 to almost £14. Yeah, it has been doing well. Um, and this was a quarterly trading update. So James Cropper, uh, the ticker is CRPR, the market cap's £129 million. Uh, pounds, um, and they were saying that first quarter sales were up 50% the prior quarter. Now, you, you've got to appreciate that obviously, you know, they're in they're in specialist papers, specialist luxury packaging, they're experts in in fiber, um, fiber products, and, and we've been highlighting this because they're, uh, you know, they, they, they produce products that are used for coating electrodes, um, batteries, catalyst powders, and fuel cells, and uh, membranes and electrolysis. Um, equipment, so it's exposed to the green hydrogen. So, mix of market exposure there, very interesting in the renewable space. Um, and uh, yeah, they've seen sales recovering post the post the dip in the pandemic, um, and they've been building out capacity um, for the, uh, the transitional energy products and hydrogen. It's definitely one to keep a little eye on, isn't it? Um, and hopefully, we we have been talking to them a little bit, and hopefully, we're going to go and try and see them. Get a little, get to know the company a little bit more, aren't we? Yeah, that'd be excellent. Yeah, I look forward to that. I am trying to sort that out. Now, also uh, today on Thursday the 29th, we've just had figures from another house stock of ours, a very popular one that we've IPO'd back in March. So there shouldn't be too many surprises, and there are. That is Samarkand. Yep, that's right. Full year results to uh, March 2021. The ticker is just quickly ticker's SMK. Market cap's 80 million. Um, and as Andrew pointed out, we listed it on Aquis earlier this year. Yeah, I mean, the figures, they're all tickety-boo, aren't they? Because you wouldn't expect any surprises. Uh, I think the key to this company is that clearly we raised them more than they needed. They wanted 10 million, we raised them 17 million. Then, of course, FS Express came in and put in another 5 million. So that's 22 million. And they've, they've spent a little bit of it, haven't they? They made one acquisition. Um, but they've, there's... There's more deals to come, I, I suspect, during the autumn. Um, now, that does mean there's a cost short term to those, isn't there? But I mean, this longer term, it's doing everything it said on the tin that it would do. And this sort of technology that they've got, it's just it's hitting a huge growth market, isn't it, Phil? I mean, the long term outlook for this company really is quite superb, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, and you know, reflected in, uh, you know, investors can look at the, you know, log on to our research and uh, look at the initiation note, look at the history of the business uh, and how just how quickly it's grown. Um, so it uh, has a technology platform that allows allows brands to ship from the West uh, and into the biggest uh, e-commerce market in the world. And that is that is China. And if you look at the, uh, the you know, look at the full year you know, figures, just in, in brief, I mean, their revenue was up 200% to 20.6 million pounds. 
Now, that included a, a 5.8 million um, exceptional one-off revenue, but the like-for-like revenues were up 116%. So just showing you some of the growth here in this business. Um, they acquired a couple of brands in a year. Um, that was kind of more uh, later into the, the results period. So it wasn't that dry revenue. This is all organic. A lot of this is all organic strong growth that they're seeing and just quickly on that investment andrew you pointed out uh sf express actually putting 3.1 million um and the ipo was 17 so it's actually just over 20 that that, that that came in there um and we would highlight that you know they are going to be spending you know if you pull off a forecast for our research today you'll see that we're, we're in, uh, forecasting an increased spend in 2022 so an extra two million spend given all the funding and then the comp for a company like sam account andrew their you know increased expenditure tends to come in operating costs rather than buying capital equipment right so it's an e-commerce tech company so investing in technologies and sales marketing and operations and so uh the loss figure we have for 2022 will increase from one million loss to three million loss because they're spending investing two million more with all the capital that they've raised which is all fantastic news and of course we are increasing our forecasts uh, going to 23 and 24 uh, in terms of in terms of EBITDA profitability because they'll have made the investment this year but you know super super news all very positive there well, if anybody wants more on that, then give us a shout because uh, obviously we can sort that out. I apologise, I'm getting my percentages. The SF Express took 5%, uh, which is 3.1 million. That's where I got wrong. They also, by the way, I mean, they opened an office in Japan since they did the IPO, uh, and there's a huge potential there. And I think since the IPO, a lot of it, uh, they've become a lot more visible, should we say, to potential customers. And so uh, I think there's a lot of people now looking at it going, hey, what are you doing? Um, big people. Uh, and coming out with a little chat with them. So I, I, I did. it's a very exciting future. It's just we yeah. can't uh, discuss all of it. But that's the way it is. Uh, now, I, I do another thing I saw which caught my eye, and that was um, Yasa Motors, which um, is uh, part of Parkwalk, which is part of IP Group, uh, based just outside Oxford. It was sort of spin out from Oxford University. I went and visited them actually about four years ago when they just got going. I thought it was a fantastic business. Unfortunately, they didn't really need my help. Um, but they've uh, been acquired, haven't they, Phil? Mercedes. Yeah. Mercedes yeah. have bought them out. Um, and for those of you that like motorsport, will know that the UK really does specialise in very advanced um, automotive systems, motoring, technology that's wrapped around it. I mean, all the Formula One, you know, valley between kind of Oxford and up to Silverstone, massive expertise. And of course, that eventually in its own way, and it spins out companies like Yasa. So the UK has got a real specialisation here, and Mercedes have clearly picked up on it. Uh, Yasa was all about the electric motors and what could be done there. But uh it's it's the one that we act for which unfortunately is on the tsx so slightly harder to um uh get exposure to is xro isn't it yeah 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 really exciting they've got uh patented tech um and it's inverted technology and this this tech enables you to on the fly almost configure your gearing so you've got an ideal mix of power and torque in your motors and that increases the efficiency uh, and the performance of the electric motors. Um, yeah. No. What would really like X-Row to do? Because I think that UK investors would get X-Row. 
uh, they should actually just get a, a dual listing on Acris because you can do a secondary listing on Acris for very little money. Um, I could actually tell you the whole in, it won't cost you more than £50,000 to get the dual listing. Uh, and it takes very little time, um, very little work. We can do it all for you, basically. Uh, and I think there would be huge interest um, for companies like XRow to get a dual listing in London. I, another company that I, I, I really believe should do this is Nano One, who've got this now, this, this um, joint venture with, um, or joint development with uh, Johnson Massey. I think there'd be huge interest in that. Uh, so the concept of getting a dual listing on Acris when you're listed on another major stock market is something that people really should be considering. It's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm sure it will happen. Um, it's one of the reasons I'm very keen on Acris as from along with a lot of other reasons but um anyone listening that's what you should do now also talking of um yasa obviously that was a a realization for ip group uh, they also had another of their big portfolio companies raise a load of money which was basically done which i think tied in with the valuation they've got but i think it's just a reminder we do quite often talk about ip group on this podcast that ip group is at the moment churning over its portfolio very nicely as its companies mature uh, we talked about Ceres earlier. That was a, a, actually a part walk IP group company. So you can see that the things they're doing are very, very successful. And with this churn, it allows them to then reinvest in new small ones and watch them grow, um, which is one of the reasons that I am so keen on IP group, which has gone a little bit quiet at the moment because it's sort of hanging around a small discount to its last reported NAV. Um, but I think it's a great core holding um, yeah, it's a super way to get uh, get broad exposure to high growth tech companies, you know, rather than risking it on on necessarily one or two very early stage businesses. It's a really good way to do it. Mm. Um, anything, anything else you wanted to talk about, Phil? Thank you, Andrew. It's always very kind of you. Um, we we did uh, okay. Uh, well, talking about IP group technology in general, there was a report out from PitchBook on global M&A activity. And the headline on this was that um, you know, M&A has reached record heights in 2021. And this is something that you've been talking about previously, Andrew, so the acceleration in mergers and acquisitions. In Q2 of 2021, a global M&A report shows almost 17,000 deals closed worth over $2 trillion. And in Europe, um, deal activity hits um, hit new highs and set, setting record values. So a lot of activity there. Uh, I did predict it, and I will predict that it's going to carry on at very high levels for some time. Well, there you go. Well, that was that was very interesting to see, and uh, you know, and quite a big portion of M and A activity, of course, is is uh, technology. Technology-led um, IPO markets. Um, we've had um, another IPO announced this morning. A company called Big Technologies. Ticker on that is Big. Dotel market cap was 577 million um, and raised 200 million pounds. But the looks of it, um, and this was I was just just reading about this. Quite interesting one. Uh, it's the parent company of uh, technology called Buddy, and it was founded in 2005 by Sarah Murray, who's the current CEO. And this. Uh, is GPS device tech um, that's kind of small enough for a child to carry and is used for personal monitoring. And of course, a big market for this monitoring solutions is, of course, 
tagging uh, criminals. And a big customer of theirs is the uh, criminal justice sector, or it's a, again, market for them. Um, and of course, this, the, the timing could not be more fortuitous, as we've seen Boris uh, make an announcement uh, this week that uh, he's looking to 19 police forces covering off the country to be able to use GPS tags for tracking burglars, thieves and muggers that have been freed from prison with the hope of reducing reoffending. There we are. Well, I'll tell you what, I think most people know that I have been playing golf and fishing with a very well-known fund manager uh, in the city. Um, and he said to me, he said, this is the most impressive company, most impressive CEO he's ever seen. And I know he went in for a huge part of that 200 million. He probably would have taken it all if he could. Uh, I see the stock is up 50% already on, on opening. Um, so probably time to pause for breath. Um, but it got a big, big tick in the box. Big technologies, big tick in the box from a big fund manager. How about that? <laughs> there we go. Apparently, uh, she is very impressive. Oh, excellent. And good to see. Right. Well, we've done 30 minutes, Phil, almost. Anything else you want to quickly sneak in or should we uh, call it a day there? I think we should call it a day. Some very interesting stories there. And it's been a good, yeah, good week. Uh, yeah, well, there were quite a lot of ideas there, hopefully. So hopefully people enjoyed it and we'll be back again next week. Super, look forward to it.